We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. His longevity, his consistency, uh, always just admired his cerebral approach to the game uh, every season he tried to be better than the season before and that's just a great model for any young quarterback uh, he actually texted me uh, yesterday inviting me to be on his podcast next week uh, I told him I'd do it as long as he asked the questions and not Jim Gray Jim Gray asked tough questions and so um, I didn't see this coming uh, this was a surprise to me Peyton Manning on the uh Retirement of, I don't know, some quarterback happened earlier this week. I don't remember who it was. Um, Joe and me hanging out. Going to get to your calls. 803-0550. We're going to get to our Patriots offseason preview. Speaking of Tom Brady and his former team. uh, Because uh, they got some big decisions to make. Uh, Made a big one in terms of understanding they completely messed up what was going on with the offense last year and the coaching staff they put in place by bringing in Bill O'Brien. And we're good. Are we good to go? That's where we'll start. We say uh, good morning on our Western Hotline to Christopher Price. Chris is with the Boston Globe, and he is with us right now. Chris, it is Howard and Joe. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us again, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great this morning, guys. How you doing? Uh, you know, we're good as long as the Patriots aren't good. Chris, life is wonderful in our world. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a terrible way to begin the segment. Um, all right. So Bill O'Brien obviously is the big story at this point of the offseason. Uh, the, the, you know, the whole Patricia Judge thing blew up in their faces. So what's the general reaction? Give us your thoughts on them bringing in Bill O'Brien to help turn around the offense. I think it's mostly positive, at least to this point. Uh, you know, the O'Brien has a background with Mac going back to Alabama. He has a background with Bill, you know, going back a handful of years. And so I think it's all positive at this point. I I think really, if you're a New England fan, you're just happy that there's going to be one voice in Mac's year as opposed to multiple people. Uh, You know, last year it was Joe Judge, it was Patricia, it was Belichick. Now they have one guy, he has one voice in his ear, and things are going to be a lot more streamlined, and I think that's going to help out the New England offense. Look, obviously, there's a lot between now and next September, but I think it's a it's certainly a step in the right direction if you're a New England fan. Okay, so will there be some kind of a philosophical shift in what the Patriots want to do offensively under Bill O'Brien? I think they're going to go back to doing some of the stuff that they did a decade or so ago. Now, understandably, it, it's going to be different just because they had Brady there as opposed to you know Mac Jones now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they started incorporating more two tight end sets like they did when Bill O'Brien was here a year, you know, a handful of years ago. Uh, he was a guy who really leaned on that with Gronkowski and Hernandez. And obviously, look, 
you know, the two, the two guys they have in there now are not going to be able to reach those same sort of heights. But I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more play action. I think we're going to see more stuff that Mac Jones is comfortable doing. And so, again, look, you know, a lot has to happen between now and then. But I guess ultimately, to answer your question, I don't think we're going to see a huge philosophical shift. I think the other thing, too, to keep in mind here, Howard, that, that's really interesting is that, um, you, know, you know, Patricia was not only handling the offense, he was also handling the offensive line. And I think that's really, for me, the biggest area of need that this team has to focus on moving forward, at least from a personnel perspective on the offensive side of the ball. They need to get two steady tackles in there. They're okay along the interior, but if they can get two steady tackles and Bill O'Brien this offseason – that I think they've taken a giant step forward in terms of where they need to be. All right, Chris, slow down. You're jumping ahead on my questions list. You're getting too far in front of me. <laughs> but before we get to that, because obviously that is, of course, what are their key needs? Mac Jones. Mac Jones in year two. By all accounts in New England, statistically he went backwards, but I think eyeball test too. So Mac Jones in year two. What'd you like? What didn't you like? And was it a step back? Yeah, I, I do think it was a step back. Now, I, I think a lot of that was coaching, but honestly, I think, you know, some of that was on him as well. And so, you know, figuring out the best thing to do in certain situations. What I did like, he continued to show, for the most part, very good decision-making. I'm not saying it was perfect, but I'm saying he took a step forward when it came to that. When it, when it came to being able to make the right calls in the right situations, he was able to execute, and I think that's what they want to, you know, continue to be able to see. I, you know, a, a Bill Belichick coached quarterback, uh, you know, it's, it's all about protecting the football and not losing the game. You know, he, you know, you you need to rely on guys around you to win the game. And I think when they were at their best last year, he was able to rely on guys like Stevenson and Jacoby Myers and those other offensive difference makers that he had. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see that. I think we saw that last year, and I think we're going to continue to see that. You know, the other thing is. I, I don't know if I'm still in love with his arm strength, you know, and, and, and that's mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward, if he's going to be able to kind of, you know, do more in that area. But I, I think ultimately, you know, he's going to be able to be a good fit with Bill. I think put it this way, he's going to be a better fit with Bill O'Brien than he was with Matt Patricia. Okay. So now let's get to biggest needs and we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And you're going to mention offensive line, but I also specifically want you to address wide receiver because looking at wide receiver. Okay. And you look around the division, right? The bills got digs. The dolphins got waddle and then brought in Hill. The, the jets have a very good looking young receiver in Garrett Wilson. And you look at new England and go, who's their guy? So where are the biggest needs on offense, and, and, and could you address wide receiver in that discussion? Yeah, I think, I think it starts, although, like I said before, I think it starts with tackle. I think they need to bring in two guys who are going to be more stable and do a better job than what Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn did last year. Look, at the, you know, at the end of the year last year, they were down to you know, Connor McDermott and were just really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for offensive tackle help, and I think that's going to be their primary area of need moving forward. Uh, you know, you bring up wide receiver, and they have a couple of guys there who I think are good, who are serviceable, who in baseball terms are maybe second and third starters. They still need that number one guy. One area I think is going to be fascinating to watch is, you know, we've we referenced Bill O'Brien before. I wonder if Bill O'Brien, who ran a lot of slants and cuts and a lot of that stuff with a lot of really talented wide receivers at Alabama, if he could help unlock Tyquan Thornton, you know, the rookie last year who certainly showed some 
signs of progress down yeah. the stretch. If, if you could lean on him more and more and ask him to do more going into his second year, he could be an important part of that offense. I think they want to re-sign Jacoby Myers, who has distinguished himself as being the most dependable receiver that they've had when he's been healthy over the last couple of years. But they do need to go out and get another body or two out there along the boundary. One guy, and you know, in the context of this conversation, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they incorporate him into the offense, if they incorporate him into the offense in 2023, is going to be Marcus Jones. Because at the end of the year last year, we saw when you get the ball to him in space, good things happen. And I wonder if he's going to be part of the offensive equation in 2023. If so, how much? So while I'm doing my research and prepping for the interview, there seem to be a lot of rumor, speculation out there about Arizona would be willing to trade DeAndre Hopkins and whether the Patriots would go after him to be the guy. What about that thought? As soon as you say the Patriots would never do something, you know, they go ahead and do it. So I don't like dealing in absolutes when it comes to the Patriots. So, Look, you know, the back the, the backstory between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien is yeah. kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's well-covered ground. And so I, I, on the surface, I don't think that would be a really good mix. That being said, if, you know, someone could pony up enough money, I'm sure that everyone's going to be happy. And so, uh, you know, I wouldn't put the Patriots out of anything. I, you know, I, I wouldn't rule them out when it comes to anything and anyone making aggressive moves at the wide receiver position this offseason. I know that they have some cap concerns. They do have some room. They have some financial flexibility. And I wonder, but I wonder at the same time how flexible they would be when it comes to adding a guy like Hopkins. But look, I think they're going to add to that position, whether it's the draft, whether it's trade, whether it's wide receiver. The, you know, the group of wide receivers that we saw in the year for the Patriots is not going to be the same group of wide receivers we see when the 2023 season starts. I can guarantee that. Before we get to defense, what is the cap situation up there? I assume it's not like, what, two years ago when they went on a drunken sailor spending spree? Yeah, I think it's a little, I think it's a, you know, it's my understanding that there's probably, you know, halfway between what we saw two years ago and in, in, in this past year. I, I think that there's going to be some interesting, they're going to be able to make some moves. Um, and again, I think those priority of those moves is going to be in the offensive side of the ball. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to have enough sort of room to, to bring in a Hopkins type, but I think they're going to be aggressive enough where they're going to be able to make at least a few moves. All right. Defensively, where are the biggest needs on that side of the ball? There's still some questions in the secondary. I think the front seven is very stable. I think the front seven, when healthy, is one of the better ones, at least in the AFC. The questions are going to be whether or not Devin McCourty can come back for another year along with no free safety. We still don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, it's my understanding that that's going to be resolved at least before the start of free agency. And then Jonathan Jones, young cornerback who I think played very well, has some positional versatility, can play in the slot, can play outside. I think what they asked him to do last year, he was in a little bit over his head. I think he's a good competitive number two cornerback. Um, and they do have some good depth at the cornerback position. But I, I think really right now the area of focus for, for this team, at least going into 2023, is how can we improve depth in the secondary and then resolve the situations around McCourty and Jonathan Jones. Final thing, and this is really hard because the offseason has just started and we have to see what everybody does in free agency and who they release and draft picks. But the Bills should still be really good this just in, Chris, next season. <laughs> I'm trying to get to where do you think the Patriots are in the division? Because, um, again, it's, it's kind of hard to ask because we're, we'll go on the assumption that Tua is healthy and he is back as the Dolphins' starting quarterback. And they make a move they hope to upgrade their defense by bringing in Vic Fangio. 
Everybody expects the Jets will have a veteran quarterback in place to be their starting quarterback next season with a really strong defense, with some good young talent around the quarterback. Where, is, where do the Patriots fall in the division? I think if things continue to trend in a positive direction this offseason, that is to say, you know, you have Bill O'Brien in there, you continue to empower a really talented young defensive coach in Gerard Mayo, who I believe is going to be the next guy at least it's setting up to be that way. You continue to address those areas of need that we mentioned, specifically tackle, wide receiver, defensive back. I think this team is still the number two team in the division behind the Bills. You know, a, a lot, obviously, like you said, a lot has you know, was going to happen between now and the start of the 2023 season. But I think they're going to be just as competitive as the Dolphins are. And I think they're still going to be a step ahead of the Jets. So, look, you know, a million things have to happen between now and kickoff you know, 2023, but this team, you know, should be competitive for a playoff spot in the AFC. Chris, thanks. Always great to have you on the show. We appreciate you giving us some uh, insight on the Patriots, sir. My pleasure, Howard. Take care. We'll you talk too. Soon. Thanks, Chris. Chris Price from the Boston Globe joining us here. I think it is a really interesting discussion, Joe. And like I said, it's it's hard because there are, there are unknowns. Like, who is the Jets quarterback in week mm-hmm. one? Like, what is Tua's out-of-concussion protocol, right? I think he was yep. cleared this week. But is he going to be the guy next season? If he's healthy and he plays, and if the Jets get Rogers, almost anybody, Rodgers, Carr, yeah. Garoppolo, anything's better than what they have. Couldn't you see the Patriots finishing fourth in this division next season? I would bet they, I bet they do. Right? Because I, I think, they do. you know, yeah. you're, you're still – it's funny, you're, like here – they're going to have to fix their offensive line. Jacoby Myers is a nice receiver, but they do not have anybody who scares well, you. Myers is a free agent, remember, right, too. They so. have to re- I'm assuming they resign him. He's their, he's their best guy. They have a lot of money. He's their best guy, but they have a lot of money tied up at skill position already. Well, right? Hunter well, going, Henry, going back to Smith. his point about O'Brien, yeah. they, it's not Gronkowski and Hernandez, but they spent a ton of money on tight ends two years ago yep. and pretty much underused them. That's where I wonder if they can bring Meyer, Myers back. Hmm. They can offer him, I'm sure, something of significance. They, you're right, because it feels like they can't. They just can't let that guy leave. I like and what you said about he, Thornton, by great. the way. Thornton, at the end of the season, looked like he might be a deep threat for them. Yeah, he looked in. good. He looked good. But, Even Myers, though. like that's, that's where you know the Patriots are in a bad spot and are in fourth. When a receiver that we all agree is pretty good, but not like some elite receiver, Jacoby right. Myers... It's like a necessity that they bring him back, or they're screwed. Well, he's the best of that bunch. Yeah, it's not a great bunch, right? I, I just the next. I like Kendrick Bourne, but they for some reason they barely used him I last mean, year. Who, Aguilar's probably a goner, right? Yeah. Who would the Jets have to end up with at quarterback for you to not put the Jets above the Patriots? Like, if, if, if Mike White is their week one, can I quarterback, tell you it's almost impossible for that to happen? What if Mike White's their week one quarterback? That's one way I would okay, put him not, Mike White, not ahead of. What the about Patriots? Garoppolo? You're ahead of New England. Okay. What about? I'm okay. I've got. I'll tell you what. Might be the here. You ready, Joe? I've got the list. It's not a complete list, but here's a list of guys we think are are either they are going to be free agents Mm -hmm. or could be released because we don't know about Carr or traded. Mm -hmm. Rogers better than the Patriots. Yep. Carr in New York. Yep. Better. Garoppolo. Better. Uh. Now free agents. Geno Smith. Well, he might be in Seattle. Whatever. Geno. It'd be a great reunion there. Geno. They'd be better. Winston. Not so much. Close. Dalton. Mayfield. Brissett. I mean, we're getting to the 
bottom of the list here. All of these, though, are still upgrades over what they had We're last year. We're talking about Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco yeah. were the three guys who played for that team this season. You could almost, almost grab anybody on this list with Brees Hall and that defense and, good receivers. and Garrett Wilson and yeah. Usama and whatever they do with Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Yeah. I don't know about Mims anymore, but I mean, you could almost take any guy on that list and say they're better than New England. All right. Yes, they're better than New England. New England's going to finish fourth. New England is going to finish fourth. I think so. You know, look, he was talking about cornerback as one of their needs. It should be. You know, um, they don't really have a top corner. Like a, a guy you can put on Diggs or Waddle or Hill or Wilson and go, he's yours. Go to town. They don't have that guy in New England. Yeah. So I, I think there are a lot of issues. Yeah, I do. I believe, you know, Mac Jones should be better because, look, by default, you know what this is? This is... The Jaguars fired Urban Meyer and brought in Doug Peterson, and mm. immediately Trevor Lawrence was better. He would, and, and I don't mean this as a slight to Trevor Lawrence, because I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. But he would have been better basically by addition by subtraction. Mm. You take out Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and keep them away from the offense and throw in Bill O'Brien, immediately Mac Jones is better in year three because of the incompetence that was around him in year number two. It was a terrible idea. But... That doesn't make them better than Miami and the Jets. I mean, yeah, right? The Jets are, they have to get, don't you think, get, I think, Rodgers, Carr, Garoppolo, it's got to be one of those three guys. I do think they're going to end up with Rodgers. Well, then they're definitely better than New England. And for Rodgers, let's, let's talk this out a little. How different is it, Rodgers versus those other guys? Are, are we open to the Jets being on the Bills level with Rodgers? Yeah, I think they can contend for the division title. Because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is shot. No, and like I'm not. If it's Carr or Garoppolo, do we think they can win the division? No, I think Rodgers is better than both of those guys. Me too. I like, think Rodgers can win you games. Carr and Garoppolo. If we're getting into the discussion of just don't lose the game for us. Sure, we got a great defense. We'll put some pieces around you. Rodgers can win a game for like, you. Like they could be Super Bowl caliber with Rodgers. With Rodgers, yes. I mean, it was only two years ago and three years ago that he was the MVP of the league, and last year he wasn't. They beat the Bills once this season. If they have Rodgers as their starting quarterback, with that oh, defense, they beat them both times. And the way the Bills struggled, they beat them both times. Look at how many times the Jets held a team under twenty points and lost the game. Maybe they beat them both times. I'm not sure Rodgers' ribs could have held up as well as Mike White's oh, did when God, he got right. destroyed so, by Matt Milano. I'm just remembering that game and how bad I felt for him. But anyway, no, but yeah. like, that is a little intimidating. Rodgers going to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it would only be for a year or two. It's not a long term. Fear of the Jets. No, they should still be drafting a quarterback in New York. They're very close to the Bills level if they add that quarterback. At least they could be. Because we still got to see how much is left there. How much of last year's struggles was him and how much of it was his surrounding cast in Green Bay. Losing Devontae Adams and not really having him be replaced. You know what this is? Maybe this is a little bit of Brady's last year in New England. And then he goes to Tampa and voila, he wins the Super Bowl. There could very well be that. Because his last year in New England, we're looking at it going, he doesn't look right. Like, yeah. wow, they're really, he's struggling, they're struggling, that doesn't look right, Is he shot, granted he's older, right, he would have been older than Rodgers, yep. but, he, but he goes to Tampa and he gets all these great weapons, and, and be- a better team, and he looks great again. And because of his contract, it's like $55 million he's owed this year, but because of the way it's structured, most of that burden would go to Green Bay, even if he's traded. Hmm. So... The Jets, I think I saw, would be on the hook for like a $15 million cap hit That's nothing. if they were to pay Rodgers or to trade for him. So 
if they trade for him, like they also don't have to sit on their hands and do nothing else on offense. Like they could maybe add a Jacoby Myers level receiver, one of these guys we're talking about for the Bills. It it's it's getting to a point where the Bills are not going to have the benefit that New England had for 20 years. It wasn't just that Brady was the the best quarterback in the league or one of them with Peyton Manning. It wasn't just that. It was that the other three teams in the AFC East for 20 years had oh, no so idea bad. what they were doing. Right. It, they, they all tried Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like that that's that's <laughs> where you know where they were idea-wise. They all got to Ryan Fitzpatrick as hey, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Like they just they had no clue. The Jets for 2 years were competitive and the Dolphins were one. The Bills are not going to have that same luxury that the Patriots had because Miami seems to know what they're doing a little yeah. bit. The Jets seem to know what they're doing a little bit. New England like they even they seem like they're lost in the wilderness and they're a 500 football team. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost the polar opposite of the Patriots helped them out that they were able to go on a dynasty that their division rivals stunk. The Bills, it's going to be tough for them to go on a run like New England did for 20 years just because all three teams in the division are ahead of where they were when Brady was ruling the division. Yeah, they seem to be they have more competent people in the organizations than the franchises did over most of that 20-year stretch. For sure, the Bills, anyway. Let me get uh, calm before we hit the break here. We'll go to uh, we'll get connected with our fans. Josh, uh, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so my top three priorities for this offseason are offensive guard, safety, and wide receiver. Now, offensive guard, um, I think, is a... Uh, at the very top of the list, I think that's a no-brainer in round one if the right guy is available. And my top two guys are Osiris Torrance and Broderick Jones. I think if neither of those two guys are on the board, then I do think you go receiver. Safety, there's only Micah Hyde back there. And then there's Christian Benford as a possible transition guy. And with the wide receiver, I do agree that they need more weapons, more targets for Allen, but... Um, Excuse me. But um, it's not just about who you get. It's about how you, you use them. And I, I believe that they misused Gabe Davis to a degree and that they just sent him on those go routes. And if you guys remember the past couple of years, mainly last year, he was uh, the slant guy in a lot of those RPOs that they ran. And I believe that he is at his best when he runs his routes between 10 and uh 10 and 15, 10 and 20 yards. Khalil Shakir, I know he's more towered as a slot guy, but I think with his skill set, with his speed, he's faster than Gabe Davis. Just with the the fluidity that he moves in, I think he would be a lot more suited as that John Brown type of receiver, that that go route type of guy. And uh, I know he didn't really make his make a best case for that with a drop against Miami in the playoffs, but but I think guys uh, he develops as he matures more as he gets more NFL experience and I think he'll he'll be a real good uh good deep threat and like I said I won't I wouldn't be mad if they took receiver in the first round if if uh those two offensive linemen are not on the board and you know they just have to use them right so yeah Joe asked me this question yeah no appreciate Josh thanks Joe asked me the, the question basically the scenario you laid out I'd like wide receiver first and foremost, and but and, and right, Joe, you said, what if they mm-hmm. would you be upset if they took offensive line in round one? No, I would pray they took wide receiver in round two. Then, um, but whatever, I, I know those are two priority positions. To your point about Gabe, 
I'm going to lean more towards, I'm going to go against the idea of they misused him and more to the idea of they coach around limitations in his overall game. And we shouldn't be having that discussion about the second best guy if you think he is the second guy, wide receiver two. I think that's more of them, here's what he does best, here's what he doesn't do. How do we make it work? And I think that's one of the many reasons why the Bills need to upgrade that position from Gabe Davis. He's a role player. He's a deep threat. Right. And I like, think they coach accordingly. That's valuable. Like, I want a guy like that. I want a guy like but Gabe you Davis. Would that like versatilities. Yeah, you just you need another guy you could count on play to play. And I think I think Gabe can be a, a productive wide receiver in this league for a very long time. I just think he's in the, the wrong role. I think He'd be, if the Bills had, what could they have done last year? That would, I mean, they could have traded for AJ Brown, but had they brought back, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders retired, right? Like, I don't know who the name is here for this. Had they drafted a guy? Okay, let's let's go to the draft. Last year, Jahan Dotson was the guy I really wanted, and he went right in front of the Bills. They would have had mm-hmm. to move up. I think Washington did move up. Let's say they did that. They moved up in the first round and they drafted Jahan Dotson, who is was the most versatile receiver maybe in that whole class, him and Olave. Had they done that, he was productive right away as a rookie. Yeah. He would have been running all the routes Diggs runs. He would have been able to play on the outside and in the slot. He would have been a guy that could run a lot of the routes you want your number two receiver to run. And I think if they had done that, suddenly there wouldn't be as much of this kind of talk about Gabe Davis because he would have settled into, oh, yeah, you're just you're a big play guy. We're going to throw it to you mm-hmm. five times a game, yep. and you might come away with 140 yards and two touchdowns, but there might be games where you get two catches for 30 yards. Right. But, but that's fine. But not because, out of the second, not out of the number two. Because Diggs can get six catches and Dotson can get five. Yeah. But, no, they, but they don't right, have that, that Dotson. Right. It can't be, he can't be the second guy and have the right, two-catch game. That's really, I guess, a long way of saying he needs to be the three, not the two. Yes. No higher than the three. All right, let's get a uh, quick break here. 803-0550. Hey, before we go to break, you ready to do it? We're going to do a giveaway. Yeah. Let's give away some tickets for the uh, the Luke Bryan Country on Tour show, which will be at Darien Lake Amphitheater Friday, June 16th. Tickets are courtesy of Live Nation. Call now, 221-4947. 221-4947. Caller 5 will win a pair of tickets. Again, 221-4947. If you don't win tickets, they're going on sale in about 28 minutes. 10 o'clock this morning, you'll be able to purchase tickets for that show at LiveNation.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.